I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for July 2019. This month, we're looking at the effect of maternal acetaminophen use during pregnancy on fetal growth. Over-the-counter medications are used in an estimated 70% of pregnancies. Acetaminophen, also known as paracetamol, is found in a large number of over-the-counter and prescription drugs. It's the drug of choice for pain relief amongst most pregnant women. Given its prevalence and its ability to freely cross the placenta, researchers are now focusing on the safety of maternal exposure to this drug and its effects on fetal health. There have been inconsistent results in both human and animal studies on the short and long-term effects of acetaminophen use during pregnancy. In this episode, I spoke with early career investigator Melissa Smar, an assistant professor in the Department of Environmental Health at the Rowland School of Public Health at Emory University, who conducted a study into the effects of prenatal acetaminophen use on fetal growth in humans. I started off by asking her how she got to where she is now. I always knew that I had an interest in understanding the environment and how it impacts human health and especially disproportionately depending on where you live. And so I became a chemistry major and that led me to a PhD program in environmental health sciences at the University of Michigan. And I ended up through a rotation being drawn to a project that was actually investigating maternal exposure to air pollution and preterm birth in Mexico City. And so from there on, I was really kind of hooked into reproductive epidemiology and my dissertation focused on that a little bit more, but instead of waiting until birth to assess any harm or impacts from the environment, I was more interested in seeing what can we actually see if we are to use these ultrasound measurements that these moms are coming in and getting these exams for their fetuses multiple times, can this give us some kind of estimated trajectory as to if they have earlier exposures, will it kind of alter their path or their trajectory for growth? Ultimately, when I saw the opportunity to apply for a postdoc position with the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, it was a perfect fit and they just had finished collecting their data on their nationwide study of fetal growth and they were looking for someone who was interested in exploring environmental impacts of fetal growth on uh, a sample of moms and children that were recruited I guess across like 12 different sites in the U.S. and so it was a perfect fit. 
And that brings us nicely onto the current paper that you've just published in Paediatric Research. And the particular environmental exposure that you were examining in this was the use of acetaminophen, or paracetamol as we say in the UK. This drug's in hundreds of over-the-counter medicines, isn't it? Um, Why is its safety being called into question now? Yeah, it is in hundreds of medications, and I think it's being pulled into question because of some of the studies that kind of have come out within the past, I'd say, five years or so, that started looking at acetaminophen and its risk of neurodevelopmental or reproductive outcomes. And so I think there were some studies that were able to identify that women who took acetaminophen in pregnancy their children had a higher risk of developing ADHD. There were even some studies, I think, earlier on that looked at the risk of developing some reproductive outcomes like cryptorchidism in male infants or these birth defects, you would say. Um, And so I think it's always been a question as to its safety, but there was limited studies that could actually have conclusive or um, consistent findings. And so that kind of was sparking a lot of a little a little bit of our our curiosity with regards to no one had looked at it in fetal growth in humans. We'd seen something in animal studies where certain dosages um, of the mom would result in pups with um, you know shortened length or smaller birth size, but we hadn't seen anyone looking at acetaminophen in pregnancy and fetal growth in human population. And so tell us about the cohort that you were studying and, and, and what was the prevalence of acetaminophen use in that cohort? We had extensively kind of excluded a lot of participants who would potentially be deemed having a high-risk pregnancy profile or antenatal profile. And so women who had a lot of comorbidity, so whether it be histories of um, hypertension or Uh, diabetes, if they had histories of adverse pregnancy outcomes, a lot of those conditions, which could also be reasons why, you know, you would experience some type of pain or have some type of um, fever or things that you would need the acetaminophen for during this pregnancy, we had excluded a lot of those women. So we had a really healthy population. And so 41% of women reporting taking acetaminophen among a really healthy pregnancy cohort I think it also still spoke to the fact that this is a drug that's really found in a lot of medications. So you used questionnaires to get your data on drug use. How did you get your fetal growth data? That part was the exciting part because the study was actually designed to establish normative fetal growth trajectories for various fetal parameters. And so we had the ultrasound measurements that were taken at, I think, up to like five visits across gestation. And we pretty much had a really great biostatistician who was working with us to help us model this growth trajectory for the overall population for our group. And because of those models, we were able to pretty much use those trajectories and that modeling um, strategy and match that, kind of pair that with our information on maternal um, exposure use. So instead of doing the traditional, I guess, exposure outcome model, what we really did was we looked at women who reported using the acetaminophen and we broke it into different categories, you know, and women who um, you reported using any versus women who didn't report using um, any acetaminophen medic- containing medication. So let's get on to the results then. How did those fetal growth curves compare between those two different groups? We really didn't actually see any huge separation in the curves as we expected to see. 
where we could clearly distinguish that there was maybe some altered growth in the women who were using acetaminophen versus the ones who didn't. And in some cases, you know, it'd be interesting that we saw that if we did see when we just looked at the actual difference in magnitude of the sizes at that time, you would see sometimes that the women who were reporting using the acetaminophen had larger fetuses than compared to the to those who weren't. And so none of these um, findings were, we would say, statistically significant, but they also weren't really always in the direction that we expected it to be. And I think that circles back to this was a very healthy group of women who coming in didn't have a lot of complications that would probably explain um, a, a severe condition that would also increase their risk of having some growth restriction. And then over time, there weren't that many that developed a lot of these conditions. So perhaps it's just that our results, we didn't find what we wanted, what we were expecting, I'm sorry to see, because this was a really healthy group of women. These results could be interpreted as just being very reassuring, couldn't they? And point to acetaminophen or paracetamol as just being safe. Uh, But are you saying that we shouldn't necessarily be that optimistic about the results? Perhaps acetaminophen use during pregnancy is actually not as harmful when it comes to deterring or delaying the actual growth of certain fetal parameters as are maybe some of the opioids or other medications that have been known to stunt growth. But on the other hand, I'm saying that it's really imperative for us to be cautious when we interpret these because I'm not really sure if our population is generalizable with a lot of the women that are pregnant across the U.S. who actually are developing a lot of complications or going into a pregnancy with a history of a lot of um, medical complications that could also be increasing their risk for using more medicines or using acetaminophen more frequently or more regularly. And maybe we missed that opportunity to analyze that group. Where do the FDA stand on the use of acetaminophen at the moment for pregnant mothers? I guess before 2015, it was considered a category B, which essentially meant that there were some animal studies that they used to collect evidence for acetaminophen and risk to the fetus. And there was no demonstration of it being a a harm to the fetus, but that there also were no real, what they considered to be well-controlled human studies that could actually back that up. And so it was kind of the letter of the law for a while that it was a a category B drug, which meant that animal studies really didn't show us that there was a risk. And since there aren't any human studies, it's safe for you to use. Um, But I think because of all of the new studies that have come out with regards to acetaminophen use, as well as a lot of over-the-counter medications that are being used on pregnancy, they've revised their statement a little. They've kind of gotten done away with these categories that that explicitly say it's safe or it's not safe and they they've given more facts about it and saying well here are the studies that highlight these risks and for now what they're saying is they identify that perhaps acetaminophen used during pregnancy could be associated with you know ADHD but that they don't really see enough studies that they're going to say you just can't use it at all during pregnancy they just say you know chat with your doctor it feels like a sort of trade-off doesn't it because on the one hand you could say if there are any questions about its safety uh, then just don't take it but then not taking a pain relief drug during pregnancy could have its own adverse effects I suppose. Oh definitely you know not taking anything at all could definitely have an effect and especially if it's chronic pain or a chronic condition that could lead to maybe further um, adverse conditions depression or 
maybe it's actually the pain is associated with some other comorbidity and so the fever in and of itself could actually be what could cause the child to actually have some developmental um, delays. And so we definitely want women to take care of those symptoms and relieve that. And so I think it is a trade-off, but I think for now, while the data is still growing and that while studies are still starting to develop to kind of answer this question, I would definitely hope that, you know, we could tell women to consult their doctors about what they're taking and what might be the best approach, but that for now, it seems that acetaminophen should not be written off as a potential medicine for pregnant women to be able to take during their during pregnancy. Yeah. That was Melissa Smar from the Rowland School of Public Health at Emory University. And that's it for this episode. Join me again next month for the next instalment of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 